You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Yes, indeed, you are listening to Bloomberg Business Week on this Tuesday. And Jason, our next guest understands the acting world and really the challenges facing getting back to normal in a COVID and post-COVID world better than most. She is familiar to fans of the very popular series in the 1990s. We're talking about 90210. She is today, though, president of the trade union representing roughly 160,000 actors, announcers, journalists, news writers and editors, singers and more. It's a big union. Joining us is Gabrielle Car- Terrace. She is president of, we said, uh, as I said, of the Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA. She joins us on the phone in Los Angeles. Gabrielle, it's nice to have you here with Jason and myself. First of all, how are you? How is your world? Oh, first of all, thank you for having me. I really, I love your work. So thank you guys for inviting me. Um, Yeah. I, uh, how is my world? The world has been really crazy. You know, it's, uh, my world is all of our worlds. And we are definitely feeling the pandemic, COVID nineteen, and its effects on our industry. So it's been a it's been a challenging time, a real challenging time. But I I do believe we'll get through it. Mm. So that's that's my hope. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, Gabrielle, in in your world in your business, I mean, our mm-hmm. understanding is that it, everything just ground to a halt. That, you know, during most yeah. of this pandemic, like where are we now in terms of any sort of restart? You know, we've talked to some of your sort of colleagues in, in the acting and, and directing profession here in New York City as they've been sort of getting back to work. What is mm-hmm. it like more broadly, and and maybe even more specifically there at the the heart of it all in Los Angeles? Well, I would say the heart of it is not just L.A. Actually, the heart of it is probably now being such a, I always call it the movable feast. Our industry yeah. is everywhere now. But, um, you know, uh, first, we were the first really industry to shut down when the pandemic hit. You know, March 15th, everything shut down, and our business was the first one to shut down. And our business was the one where, you know, from Washington down, people were saying, you know, now that you're at home and you're, you know, being sequestered at home, Please, you know, watch all those Netflix shows that you haven't seen. Watch, you know, stream the new shows. Everybody was depending on our our workers, our members. You know, the broadcasters, journalists are the ones who are giving news day in and day out to inform not just, you know, America, but on a global level. So it's, you know, they, they said to everybody, you know, watch and see what's going on. But most of our work, other than a few of our members, actually ground to a halt. Mm. And, um, and that was devastating it was really just like for everybody else it was just like the ground was removed from underneath us that being said the minute it happened we started working really closely with you know the other unions uh, dga iot teamsters as well as you know the amptp which are employers and we started putting together um working with scientists and epidemiologists and doctors you know what is it that we can do to put together some kind of protocol or guidelines so we can get people back to work in the safest way possible and we've literally have been working every day including weekends for the last like 5 6 months and mm. came together finally with protocols that we officially released um on the I think it was like the September 21st and Um, And now people are starting to go back to work. Um, So I'm hoping that, you know, as we're ebbing and flowing back in, because, you know, we're seeing, you know, numbers spike in certain places, but the protections that we've put in place to make it a safer way back to work, I'm hoping it keeps 
the industry open and we're able to move forward. But it's been, um, it's really just been an interesting and painful experience to see so many people struggling. I mean, people in food lines, you know, actors, people think that, you know, it's all high pros, but a lot of our, our members are really the day in and day out journeymen of this industry and they depend on those jobs. And it's been really, uh, it's been really a, a hard road. And so, Gabrielle, I know that there were many uh, pr- probably sticking points and, and, and tricky mm. things along the way, but what really sticks out to you? I mean, what was the thing that once you solved it, you felt like, all right, we're, we're going to get this done. We've got a broad right. agreement on, on sort of everybody being safe and healthy. Well, first of all, everybody agreed when we started, we wanted to base everything on facts, right? It had to be on the science, not just on how you felt. So we, working with the epidemiologists, the doctors, what we really recognized, the three vital things that we had to make sure happened. We got testing on a regular basis. We have tracing because we want to know if something, you know, where to occur, where it's coming from. And then, of course, we have social distancing. We created zones where um, actors who, unlike, you know, or dancers or singers, any of our members, they don't get to wear PPE when they work unless right. they're doing a hospital scene, right? They right. can't be like some of the crew could wear masks all the time. So we, we actually went and created zones. And so we're, actors are in the zone A uh, area where nobody can come in and out of that area unless they are also a part of that zone. And that's, you know, uh, that testing takes place three times a week. Mm. So we really have found, and what's helped us with that, it's been really interesting. I just got off a call. There actually have been a couple of shows where there was one in particular that um, I had been talking to somebody where they literally had been tested. It was one of the leads. Just before they came on set, if they found out that that person had COVID-19, stopped that person from going on set and therefore protected the rest of the crew and the other uh, performers so that they can continue performing and working so they didn't have to shut the set down. So that was, for us, we had to... We had to find an agreement, and again, it was really important that we didn't just do it as SAG-AFTRA, but that we did it with everybody, Right. because if, if people don't all buy into it, then you can't, you know, I can say a million times, look, you have to test, and they're going to say, no, I don't, you know, but if we, we all come to this agreement together, it actually makes it a standard that we all follow, Right. and it's been really, thus far, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that we've been able to stop some of the spreading that could have occurred, and that's closed down. Gabrielle Carteris, president of SAG-AFTRA. She joins us on the phone from Los Angeles, and there is a return-to-work agreement uh, that the union has negotiated. And Gabrielle, and you know this better than we do, you negotiate Mm -hmm. something, and not everyone is always happy (laughs) with it. And so as we've uh, talked to folks, one of the things that has come up is that – the premiums are going to have to go up in the health plan and that working spouses mm-hmm. are no longer covered. What sort of feedback have you gotten and, and what are you saying back to your members as they do weigh in on this deal? Well, working spouses are actually still covered. Oh, they are. It depends on if, unless they are covered by their uh, at their work. You know, for instance, my husband has a job. If he's covered there, then uh, he would take that as his primary. But um, yeah, you know what? Unlike, not unlike what's going on in our country, we're seeing it everywhere. The pandemic has actually, uh, you know, has really been devastating in terms of, uh, you know, healthcare. Not only that, you know, outside of the pandemic, we've seen an incredible 
I mean, the, the cost for health care in this country and the lack of people being able to afford health care has been, you know, it's been shocking for these last couple of years. We've seen it going up and up and up and up. So with that pressure and with the pandemic, it has been really has weighed a lot. I'm hoping now that with work going back, people are going to start again with their working. We'll be able to go and um, uh, be able to be eligible for their health care again. It's really uh, it's something that's very important. I believe people have a right to health care in this country. I want to make sure that people can go and take care of themselves. So as we reenter work with the protocols that we put forward, I think it, um, already I'm getting calls from people saying, yay, I made my health care this year. <laughs> um, and so that's really what I, I hope for everybody. But, you know, it's a bigger problem than just what's going on with in our union or in other uh, unions or businesses. We really have to look at what's going on in our country. We work very hard on legislation um, to make sure that people have protections. And I think that we're going to have to make sure uh, to really address it on a, a, on a federal level as well as what we do within our organization. Hey, Gabrielle, my understanding is that new agreement that you guys signed, you said um, September 21st. I think it goes until April 30th of next year. Yes. Um, is that when you anticipate that things will be more normal? No, we have no okay. idea. I would never. Okay. <laughs> I could, I could never tell you. I think that we, it was very important, though, you know, it's, uh, for us to be able to have a, a look-back period. So, you know, we're, we're periodically, we're going in every month actually looking at what's working and what's not working in the agreement that we've done. But April, in April, when we get to that point, we'll reevaluate and we'll see if we have to go and Im- implement it longer mm. or do we want to shift it to be something else. But it's very fluid because this is an unknown universe for everybody, right? I mean... Yeah. None of us have experienced what a pandemic is. People thought in the beginning when it first came out, oh, you know, it'll just be a couple of months. Don't worry. It'll be, you know, by June we'll be back. No, we'll be back by August. Well, the truth is we just don't know. And we're seeing numbers rise. I'm listening to your, your, you know, your broadcast right now. and We're mm-hmm. hearing, you know, New York, the numbers are rising around right. the country. It's rising around the world. It's rising. So I can't tell you. I don't have that crystal ball. But we do have... Uh, that's just a place for us to stop for a moment and say, where are we now? Is this, is this working? And what can we do better? Or do we need to continue this? And that's what that is. Yeah. Do you, do you have any protocols? Do you have any visibility? Do you think like, I know we, we, Jason and I have guests on and we think it might be a year from now before things feel a lot more normal. Do you have any visibility yeah. from either the studios that you guys are talking to and, and your members, any idea in terms of when it, when it gets more normal, where we don't have to be so worried about all these safety precautions I, you know, or having zones and, you know. Look, we, the, it, the studios don't know anything more than we know. We're all mm. working with the epidemiologists and the doctors. We're all hearing the information from the CDC. We're looking to see. There's no answer, right? But, you know, clearly we're, we're, everybody's talking about is there going to be a second wave? What does that look like? Um, we want to be prepared. If there's going to be, again, that ebb and flow, we want to make sure that people stay at work once they enter into work. So how do we create those safeties? But I I just, I don't, I'm like yeah. you, I, I don't know. You know, they come out with a vaccine. Will, will it be effective when they come out with it? Who's going to take it? Will it, you know, there's too many variables right now. But um, we are doing everything we can to make sure that we can go and uh, keep the industry open and uh, keep people in the safest, that's why we call it a safer way back to work. We want right. to make sure that they have protections. 
All right, we've only got about a minute left, and Gabrielle, I, I would not be happy with myself if I didn't ask you at least one nine zero two one zero question. I mean, and <laughs> and the question is really, you know, there are certain shows that just like resonate, and maybe I'm just of a certain age, but what was it if you can distill it down in in forty seconds about that show that has made it so memorable for so long? I, you know, I think that it was true then, and my my kids watched it. I have older kids now who watched it recently, and they couldn't believe it, how they thought it was great. I think it just touches on the real issues that affect young people, and it created an environment where they felt seen and heard, and it allowed parents to have conversations they would not have otherwise had. And I think that people didn't want to just go and be painted with milk and cookies. They wanted to see real-life, you know, uh, scenarios. So I think people, I know from my character, people would say to me, oh, you remind, you know, I'm, I'm an Andrea. Right. And for them, it was that, you know, we all feel a little bit, like everybody thinks they know us, but we feel sometimes a little uncomfortable and misunderstood. So right. anyway. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for indulging me on that. And thank you for your time today. Uh, you're doing incredibly important work on behalf of 160,000 plus yeah. members there at SAG-AFTRA. Gabrielle Carteris, thank you.